This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. and Mike Fires has thrown his second no-hitter. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Hits one out. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. That's right, it is A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. How we doing out there, everybody? A's fans, Major League Baseball fans on A's Cast, powered by TuneIn. We have a phenomenal show for you today. We are going to be talking everything MLB with Scott Miller. Scott Miller has been one of the top MLB columnists for a long, long time. He's going to join us at 4.30. At 5 o'clock, the general manager show. Yes, if you're going to listen to David Forst and you want to know what the A's are going to be doing at the trading deadline, what they got going right now, the draft's coming up here on Monday. David Forst is going to join us at 5 o'clock. And then she is the queen of A's baseball. Susan Slusser from the San Francisco Chronicle will be here at 5.30. So it is a jam-packed show. And I can't wait to talk to Scott because there's a lot of national news going on right now. And unfortunately, I wish it was positive, but it's not. After what happened in Houston last night where a young girl was hit by a baseball and was taken to the hospital. It was a very tough moment there in Houston as the Astros were taking on the Chicago Cubs. And now today there's call for more netting. And it's hard to believe we're still talking about this after the woman died last year at Dodger Stadium. But there's going to be, I, I, I can pretty much guarantee you, there's going to be more netting going up as we speak. And probably by even maybe the next homestand. Because when something like this happens and a young girl is hit like this, we're hearing reports that she's doing better in the hospital. But there hasn't really been that many reports. But it was just awful. I, I, I didn't watch it. Because, I, you know, I have young girls, twin girls that are 13. I don't want to see something like that. And, you know, it it really affects you. It scares you. And we brought up the ball yesterday, and I'm going to bring it up again today. The ball is juiced. Yesterday, we just talked about the ball going out of the ballpark. We didn't even talk about the ball going into the stands. It is is absolutely scary. We're going to get into that and so much more. But I do have to tell you, this is a very uh, interesting time. As we are doing the show from the A's new offices in Jack London Square, and everybody is outside looking at us like we're like zoo animals. Commander, Come on in, Commander Cody. It's hot as heck in here. They're looking at us and taking pictures of us. We have to put a picture of this. I mean, seriously, we barely fit in here. I don't know how we're going to get David Forrest in here. It's going to be a stretch when we have three grown men, as you put it, I'm now middle-aged, three middle-aged men in this little phone booth, essentially, is what it is. Three middle-aged men who are not in the best in shape 
trying to be in a booth like this. Uh, yeah, I'll, you know, talking from just you and I, yes, not in the best shape, David. We'll find out when we see him here in an hour. But yeah, you're probably, I'm leaning towards, yeah, you're probably right there. And I don't think anybody thought about um, air conditioning when they thought about setting up this studio. No, this is going to be a problem. Uh, the no air conditioning, no ventilation. Uh, <laughs> this could be a, this could be a disaster. <laughs> we're, in the seriously, we're like we're like zoo animals, and everybody's outside looking at. Us. I think I put it for you perfectly. <laughs> the last time I was put on display oh. like this was my wedding, and well, that didn't. Turn yeah, out how'd that great. wedding yeah. go for you? Didn't turn out great. <laughs> Yeah, how long, how long did how long did that last? By the way, a little under a shade under uh, a shade under two years. Okay, so hopefully Ace Cast Live with Chris Townsend will will last longer than your marriage did at two years. But uh, wow, this is going to be interesting. So here here's the deal: what we're going to be doing when the A's have a day off, we're going to be going from four to seven. So there are a lot of days off this year. Because of the schedule and the way they change the schedule with the players, the players want more days off. So we're going to have more days off during the week. We're even later in the year going to have some Fridays off. And so on those days, we're going to be on from 4 to 7. We won't be on from 4 to 7 tonight. I'm going to have to get out of here early because I have to host an event tonight that the A's are putting on for their community fund. It's a great event and going to – you know, a lot of money for charity is is going to happen, so I'll have to bolt out of here early. But in the meantime, we are going to be giving you a great program here, A's Cast Live. Now, here's the thing. We cannot take phone calls. Not yet. We're going to figure that out later on down the line. But you can reach us on our Twitter, at AthleticsCast24. That's at AthleticsCast24. Or... You can text us at 510-897-1322. That's 517, excuse me, that's 510-897-1322. Now, I recently experienced something. I didn't love it, but now it makes more sense. When you go to Cleveland, and Progressive Field is, is absolutely beautiful, but when you go to Cleveland, not only do they have the netting that goes from the first baseline all the way down to the third baseline, but they take it to even more of an extreme. They take the netting. So when you're behind home plate, you're down the right field line, down the left, you cannot get a foul ball. When the netting goes all the way up to what would be the press level. So even though we have the netting in Oakland, still with a foul ball, you can be behind home plate and you can still get a ball. Well, in Cleveland, you can't. And I feel bad now because I kind of bagged on it when I was doing the play-by-play with Vince going, hey, this is pretty weak that you cannot get a foul ball in these premium seats. But then now I start to think about it, and I start to think of the velocity, even that balls are hit back and they'll hit the concrete. A fan doesn't get it, and they ricochet and shoot right down on our fans. I, 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 I really have changed the way I feel about it, and I want to hear from you at 510-897-1322. How are you going to feel about having netting that's extended all the way down to the foul poles? Because that's what's coming. And I hate the fact that it takes something like this, this little girl being severely hurt, let alone the woman, let alone the woman dying last year at the Dodger game, 
where they tried to honor her and her family said, no, we don't we don't need you to honor her. But we will show up if you're going to actually make the ballpark safer. And people have been against this for years. But let's just be honest, the balls are coming in to the stands hotter than ever. I mean, I have this whole thing on exit velocity we'll get into a little bit later. Everybody in baseball, and, 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 and isn't it also a shame that it was at the start of that series between the Cubs and the Houston Astros where Joe Madden started talking about how the baseball is different? I don't care what, I don't care what your parameters are. You know, we had John Morosi on yesterday from Fox Sports, and he said, hey, there, there's parameters, and these balls are within the parameters. But everybody in the game is going to tell you, I don't care what your parameters are, the ball is different. And then the ball, which is now being used, something that I don't think a lot of us realize or really cared about, that in the minor leagues they've been using a different ball. This is the first year in AAA that they're using the Major League Baseball. We talked about it yesterday. And there's record numbers, uh, record number of home runs already in minor league baseball to start out the first couple months. So I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it, and I was only thinking about it from a, a playing field perspective. But now what we're talking about is fans, you, me. I, I, I have seats down the left field line for A's games. There is no netting. And I'm thinking about my kids. And the one thing that, that, that I hate that people like to bring up all the time is, well, get off your cell phone. You should be paying attention to the game. I mean, look at the players in the dugouts. The players in the dugouts, I mean, they get hit, and they're paying attention to the game. They're so close. But yet, you may not be paying attention for every single pitch. We have to start protecting people. And it's not something I'm going to get into with David Forrest. That's not his job. That might be something we get into later with VP of Stadium Operations, Dave Vernetti. But that last night, and it shook everybody. And the fact that Joe Madden was bringing it up earlier and this, this little girl gets hit, that's some scary stuff. So I want to know from you at 510-897-1322 or tweet us at AthleticsCast24. If putting up more netting is something that's going to bother you, or do you understand people are getting severely hurt? And what, what is it going to take for us to understand we need to protect people more, that Major League Baseball needs to protect people more? Because from what I'm understanding and what I've been delving into today, it's not New York and Rob Manfred who said less netting. It was actually the teams. The teams are about the fan experience. So they, you know, they had to fight for just to get it to the dugouts, to the end of the dugouts. So it's the teams that now need to decide, hey, we have to protect ourselves. From the 408, even crazier with this netting issue, at Coliseum, we are probably the furthest seats from the action. I was at Oracle Park the other day and noticed how much closer that is. So I get it. Even if paying attention, a screamer is hard to dodge. I'll never forget when I was a kid. 
and I was at a Padre game. And this guy put up his hand, a screaming line drive. It was down the first baseline, if you remember, old uh, Jack Murphy Stadium. And I saw this guy put up his hand to catch a line drive, and you could hear the bones break in his hand. Now, the way it is, you would have netting over that, and that would have never happened. Hey, listen, I understand we all want to catch a foul ball, and it's exhilarating to catch a foul ball. I actually took one off the chest. would have been a couple years ago. I was actually, I was, I was sitting in the stands keeping score, and I was talking with my mother, and that was not to get too, too dreary here, but that was when my mom's breast cancer came back, and we were dealing with it, and she was, she was, I was, I was in the very back of the lower bowl at the Coliseum, so I was really in tune to the conversation, and all of a sudden I realized this foul ball, I'm in the very back of the lower bowl, so it came underneath the overhang, and I'm keeping score, so all of a sudden I kind of stand up, and because my scorebook, I got my phone in my hand and my scorebook, and literally the ball hit off my hand. I was, thank God they didn't catch it on television because, you know, Fosse and Kuiper would have been all over me. It hit off my thumb as I dropped my phone, smoked me in my chest. I had a bruised thumb, and I had a bruised chest. And I gave the kid, I gave this little kid that was near, near me the ball. But I just think about that, like, you know, I was keeping score, but I was in a conversation, a deep conversation, and I got drilled by a baseball, and I was at the very back of the Coliseum at the lower bowl. So I think this is something that we're going to get into with Scott Miller as, you know, he does a great job of Bleach Report, and we need to protect our fans. Nobody should be walking out of a baseball game hurt. Nobody. And then there's also something that happened last night that happened on the field that I know I've talked a lot about for years, but I'm going to tell you, it's there's something that's happening in sports that has to stop. I see it in the NFL. I'm seeing it in Major League Baseball, and I absolutely hate it. We'll talk about it next right here on Ace Cast Live with Chris Townsend. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com premium or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627. Want to give back to the community, along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. That's athletics.com community. 
From sweet plans to single game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's Suites, visit athletics.com slash suites. That's athletics.com slash suites. Hey, kids, have you ever wanted to run the bases like your favorite A's player? Well, here's your chance. Children ages 14 and under can come onto the field following most Sunday home games and race around the bases with A's mascot Stomper there to cheer them on. Make sure to pack your running shoes so you can show off your speed. Race Around the Bases is brought to you by the Oakland A's Community Fund. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or co-workers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Coming to you live from the A's offices in Jack London Square, not far from Howard Terminal, where they're going to build the new ballpark in 2023. Did everybody hear the economic impact that the new ballpark is going to have? Oh, my God. Dave Cavill was talking about it on our air yesterday on the A's radio network, also on NBC Sports California, and the amount of jobs. We're talking billions, billions in economic impact. Next time we do the build with with, uh, President Cavill, David Cavill, we'll get into that. We'll really get into the numbers to show you, yeah, this ballpark is going to do some crazy stuff for this area. And we've seen it all over. And you know what? I actually said this. I said this with Dave, and I've said this uh, many times on Vay's Clubhouse show, where I said, show me anywhere in the United States of America where they have built a new ballpark, an arena, whatever, and the area got worse around it. Show me. Can you show me anywhere that they built a new spot and, oh, my God, the neighborhood they, the neighborhood went to hell? Well, I had some joker on Twitter. You can follow me, at Townsend Radio. Said, I got one. Little Caesars Arena in, Chic- in uh, Detroit where the Red Wings play. Now, I'm not... I'm not the kind of guy that responds a lot on Twitter to people when they you know they think they're right and I'm not going to I'm not going I'm not going to come down I, it's better just not to say anything. And I'm not calling this guy a troll, it's his opinion, but I was just in Detroit. I just saw it firsthand. Downtown Detroit is coming back. One of my closest friends, a guy that I played ball with in college, he was in my wedding, I was in his wedding. He actually lives in Birmingham where we were staying at the Townsend Hotel. He lives like two minutes from there. Works for Merrill Lynch. But he's a member of the Detroit Athletic Club. He's got season tickets to the 
to the uh, to the Tigers, to the Lions. He takes his kids, a big hockey kid. He takes it. He took me all around. Detroit is being revitalized. The new the new arena there has helped revitalizing downtown. People are now going to downtown Detroit again. People are going for dinner. People are staying. Teams are now going back. NFL teams are staying there. So, that, once again, there's nowhere you can tell me they built a new spot, and boy, it just stinks around there. So, one of the texts here at 510-897-1322 is asking me from the 925 about Chapman and his contract. And that this person's having anxiety about an extension. Well, instead of me telling you, let's just ask David Force coming up here at 5 o'clock. Where, where are we that? Where are we that? Are, are, are you talking to Boris? Is he interested in, I, I guess one that would be very comparable, is the deal that Alex Bregman took in Houston, which was, I think, $105 million. Would he be interested in that? Or is he going to be one of these guys that wants to wait it out and go through free agency? Not a lot of guys left who want to go that route, let me tell you. Look what it was like for Bryce Harper. Look what it was like for Manny Machado. Look how long it took. And did they really end up where they wanted to end up? Of course, after you sign a major deal like that, Everybody's like, oh, yeah, I I always want to play for the Padres. Really? A team that was last in the World Series in 98 and the only other time, 84. I grew up there. It's not a winning franchise. It's not like what you see in Oakland. Philly? A Vegas guy wants to play in Philly? A guy that, you know, rumors want to be closer to home goes to Philly, where already he's getting booed. He's already getting booed, like every game. Have fun with that. Have fun with that as you age and your skills start to diminish. Philly booed Mike Schmidt, the greatest third baseman of all. Philadelphia fans threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Eagles fans. I mean, I would love to sit down with Matt Chapman and go, you know what, here's the deal. If I'm you, you take something like Bregman gets, you're guaranteed a multi, multi, multi millionaire. You're set for the rest of your life. And you're going to have a chance at another contract. And hopefully that second chance with another contract will be here with the A's again. And you spend your entire career here. And when, when they build that awesome ballpark not far from here, someday you'll get a statue. And you'll get a statue next to Ricky and Eck and Raleigh and Reggie and whoever else they're going to they're gonna get a catfish, whoever they're going to put statues up. That's what I tell Matt Chapman. Sign a deal now. Get your 100-plus million. Set for life. Your kids are set for life. And you're still going to have a chance at another contract. It's really a no-brainer. That's why all these guys are doing it. I want to say, I, I, I stopped keeping track. But I want to say 
There's like 37 or 38 extensions since last year's World Series. It's a record number. None of these guys, I mean, none of them, they're looking at free agency and they're saying, no bueno. Give me my money. Give me my extension. I'm cool. Okuna could have signed for. I mean, at what point someone offers you a hundred something million dollars, you turn that down. But you could get more in free agency. Well, I can get it now. I could be in a car wreck. I could blow up my shoulder. Look at Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson's the greatest athlete of all time. Couldn't walk anymore. Anything can happen to you. You can get hit in the eye and your eyesight changes forever. Why wouldn't you take the hundred plus million now? Oh, because Scott Boris wants you to sit out. Oh, okay. How do you know what you're going to get when you go to free agency? We don't even know. And one of the reasons why all these guys are taking the cash now is because we don't know what the landscape's going to look like after the next CBA. We know this. And by the way, I will get to what really ticked me off last night. Something really ticked me off. But I want to cater to you guys since we can't take phone calls, if you send me a text at 510-897-1322, that's 510-897-1322, we will answer them throughout the show. And also, AceCast, at AceCast24, we will also take your tweets. But I think about what they used to do, and now guys like David Force and Billy Bean... And what they've been doing over the years, and everybody's following is, why are you going to give guys money as they get older? It's not smart. The best players in baseball are all 30 and younger. Where the CBA needs to change is you've got to start paying guys in their prime. See, years ago, the old guys really railroaded the young guys. That's how we got into this league minimum That's how we got into arbitration, because the older guys wanted to cash in on free agency. So they sold the young guys down the river, and really what happened is the cable money, we got the new ballpark money in the 90s, and we started getting the cable money. So now there was crazy money, right? So now it just wasn't about ticket sales. Now it was about your cable deal. So, yeah, you're 31 years old, you're a free agent, you sign this monster deal. And then all of a sudden, these metrics guys go in and go, why are you giving these guys money when they're 33, 34, 35? Well, because at the time it worked because everybody was on PEDs. I don't have to say allegedly anymore. I think I can say, yeah, they're they're all on PEDs. Jose was right. The one guy was right, Jose Canseco. More guys were doing it than not. So when you take PEDs, you don't lose your legs. Your eyesight gets better. That's one thing Tony Gwynn used to talk about. You can talk about guys getting big. It, it make Because as we get older, I can tell you right now, my eyesight's starting to go. I hate it. I remember F.P. Santangelo, former A. F.P. who's now uh, with the Nationals. Said that by the time he was like 32, 33, he couldn't see the spin on a slider anymore. Take steroids, you're seeing it again. Well, now that these guys are not on roids anymore, 
or PEDs, I should say, because it's more than just steroids, testosterone and all the other thing. Now guys are getting old, and when you get older, I mean, look at Albert Pujols. Can you imagine if you put Albert Pujols on PEDs? He'd look like the old Albert Pujols, but since you can't, he can't run. His feet are done. It's just Miguel Cabrera. We were just in Detroit. He's a shell of himself. Why would you be paying guys millions of dollars when they're 37, 38? I've lived it. I wasn't better at 37. I can tell you that. So they figured out. So we're going to have to figure out how to pay guys now, how to pay guys when they're at the height of their power. And hopefully Matt Chapman will understand he's at the height of his power right now and probably the next five, six years. Cash in on it. And you'll still have a chance at another contract. But we'll ask the general manager, David Force coming up here at 5 o'clock. Up next, Scott Miller, one of the top MLB columnists. We got a lot to talk about around Major League Baseball. He's from Bleacher Report, and we'll do it right here on A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballpark app. Playing in Hero Town, it's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Deck. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Don't miss any of the action this year at the ballpark. From giveaways to fireworks, there's always a reason to come out to the yard. On Friday, May 31st, the first place Astros come to town for three games. Game one of the series will have first pitch at 7.07 p.m. The night will feature Greek Heritage Night. Celebrate all things Greek at this annual event as each special ticket will include an exclusive Euroball t-shirt. Game two on Saturday, June 1st will feature Pride Night. All fans in attendance for Pride Night will receive an Oakland A's Pride Night Fanny Pack. First pitch for this game will be at 7.07 p.m. The final game of the Astros series is on Sunday, June 2nd, as the A's and Strohs will kick off the ball game at 1.07 p.m. The afternoon includes Scout Day. This special day is open to all boy and girl scout troops and includes a pregame parade on the field and an exclusive Scout Day patch. For more information about all upcoming events at the ballpark, Visit athletics.com slash promotions. That's athletics.com slash promotions. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Shy Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com groups. 
Chris Townsend for nestbedding.com. If you've been mattress shopping, you know the cost of a memory foam mattress is insane. And what do you know about the company that makes the mattress and the other one that sold it to you? Check out my friends at nestbedding.com, a local company that actually makes the mattress they sell right here in the USA, which means you get a high-quality memory foam mattress at half the cost, and shipping is always free. I love this company, local business, made in the USA, free shipping. Did I mention their lifetime guarantee? Mattress and bedding needs. Go to nestbedding.com. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Streaming in the East Bay. We're in the biggity-biggity today. Jack London Square. Commander Cody, there's some good spots around here to eat. We're going to have to hit that up. Scott Miller is going to join us in moments. Don't forget at 5 o'clock will be the David Force Show. A lot to get into with David. Because after yesterday's game, and I'm assuming this is happening everywhere in baseball, if you're taking any type of phone calls or reaction after games, fans really don't like the opener. I just, they don't. I didn't like it yesterday. I thought it was odd that Liam Hendricks would be the opener after throwing two innings the night before. But we'll find out why. I mean, the reason why it works for the Rays on a consistent basis is because they do it on a consistent basis. It's partially what they do. So they're used to it. They've essentially figured out how to do it the right way. And it works for them. Too many other teams are just using it every once in a while because, yeah, we, we, we don't want to throw this guy out there. Let's do the opener. And it doesn't always work. To where, as you saw yesterday, if you're starting, if you're opening, if your opener, your reliever goes out there and he actually gives up runs, then the opener failed. The key is for the opener to go out get you three up, three down, or at least get through four batters without giving up anything, and then the the starter comes in, and he doesn't have to go through the lineup three times. Now he'll only have to go through the lineup twice to get it to the bullpen. Do we have Scott? Scott Miller, how are you doing? It's Chris Townsend with the Oakland Athletics. Chris, nice. How are you doing? It's great to talk to you. Well, we got this new thing called Ace Cast Live. Uh, this is my new talk show that we're live on the TuneIn app, where we have a we have a twenty four we have a twenty four seven station called A's Cast, and right now Major League Baseball is only allowing us to do it. So we're the guinea pig for Major League Baseball. This is the future of our industry. So what you're also telling me then is uh, the pressure's on right now, and we better not screw this interview up. <laughs> well, I, I've I've already built you up as one of the best in the business, and I've been having you on my show for years, so uh, the pressure is all already on. I, I didn't want to start on a, on a negative note, but obviously with the little girl getting hit yesterday in Houston and how horrible it was and how it affected everybody, and we saw the woman, uh, well, we know the woman died last year from being hit at Dodger Stadium. Is there going to be a call pretty quick for more netting in every single ballpark? There, I, I don't see how there can help but be another call for that. I mean, I know baseball's moved to address uh, address the topic recently, 
uh, you know, with extended netting down the baselines. But yeah, I, I think, you know, I haven't heard. Have you? Have we heard yet? Last I saw today, uh, there was no word on how the child in Houston uh, is faring. Uh, uh, have we heard anything definitively, Chris? Yeah, I heard that they were getting word inside the clubhouse that she she was she was doing better. So that's why that there right. was there was more talk in the post game, and you heard people talking about it. But I mean, how? I mean, we're as parents. To think about how how horrific and life changing something like that can be. Well, and 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 here's here are a couple reasons why it's it's become more of an issue in recent years. One, of course, is the ubiquitous smartphone. Uh, not that the little uh, it was a little girl, right, in Houston last Correct. night. You know, not that she was on the phone, but. Um, as you know, I mean, and I'm guilty of it when it, when I'm sitting in the stands and not the press box. We are all on our phones anymore. I mean, it used to be look up at the scoreboard at the out of town scores. Now you're looking down at your phone, and the problem is a lot of ballparks encourage you interaction. They encourage interaction with the phones because a lot of ballparks, you know, it's like, hey, tweet us your pictures. We'll put it up on the scoreboard. So. The, on one hand, baseball encourages interaction with the smartphone, but, you know, the downside of that, and again, not to say this was the case last night, but it has been the case in other instances, you know, if you've got a good percentage of of your fans looking down at their phone on their lap and not looking at the action on the field anymore, um, even for 10 seconds or two seconds that so you look up, you know, you could get smoked by a foul ball. And, and the problem is, as I say, um, you know, baseball has joined the rest of the world in learning to live with smartphones, so they encourage it. So that's one thing that's different from, you know, the first 98 or 110 years or whatever in the game. The second thing it, it, where the netting, I think, is going to have to be looked at it, it, it is – in a way it ties into the the plethora of home runs in recent years, because we talk about the ball is juiced and all that good stuff. Right. Well, I've talked as a number of pitchers will tell you, look, it's just improved equipment across the board. It's not just the ball is, is, is wound tighter, but bats are harder than ever. You know, I mean, the, the, remember the Barry Bonds maple bat and some bats that are being used now, you know, they're, they're better and they're harder than, you know, the old Louisville sluggers of the 1950s. And as such, that helps uh, increase exit velocity. So I think some balls are also being hit harder, or at least maybe you have a, a greater percentage of harder hit balls. So you factor that in with people looking down at their smartphones and, uh, yeah, I mean, baseball, I think, is going to have to probably take a look at increasing the netting yet again because they cannot afford to have this happen to their paying customers. Yeah, you, you talk about the baseballs being juiced, and it just so happens that down there in Houston, in that series, Joe Madden addressed the ball, not from a standpoint of going into the stands, but he addressed the ball as the home runs and that the ball is juiced. And don't tell me that it's it's – 
the ball's in parameters, whatever the parameters are, something is wrong. And then now to think that these rockets are being fired into our stands every single night with thousands of people out there, that's really scary when you think about it. Well, no question it is. And, you know, I mean, I don't think it's an accident that we've had a greater number of fans getting injured at, by from foul balls in the past. You know, I know this is anecdotal. I don't have numbers for you, but, you know, I'm very comfortable in saying there's probably been a greater percentage of fans injured by foul balls in the last five to ten years than there were in the la- in 40 years preceding it. I mean, it seems to be getting worse. I know with the Internet and Twitter and things like that, we're probably aware of it more because obviously – you know, somebody sneezes in Houston or Los Angeles and it's it's on the Internet or, you know, and, and you could be in Chicago and you hear about it in two minutes. Um, you know, whereas in 1950, obviously, somebody gets hit with a foul ball and in 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 New York and maybe nobody ever even hears about it outside of New York. So that's different, too. But I still think anecdotally, it's this seems to be happening more and more and more. Let's get into some baseball here. And with the draft coming up here, it's going to affect two guys big time. It's going to – Kimbrell and Keichel are still out there. One of the reasons why is they haven't gotten the offers that they want, and they've had this draft pick hanging around their neck. But once the draft hits uh, on Sunday night, that draft pick will go away with the draft on Monday. And the thing about these two players, a reliever and a starter – you're not going to have to give up any prospects in a trade for them. So what are you hearing out there for the reliever and the starter and where you think they possibly could end up? Yeah. And, and you're right. Once the trade, uh, I mean, once the draft pick drops off from being attached to both of these guys, I think they'll sign pretty quick next week or at least the week by the week after, uh, you know, they're, 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 where Keiko's concerned, I think the Yankees, I think he ends up in New York. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the Yankees much of the season. They've been lurking in the background. Obviously, they've got the money. Obviously, um, they're having a really good year. They've had a ton of injuries. But, you know, they they've uh, they, they and Tampa Bay are battling for first place in the East. The Yankees, as of the other day, had, what, the third best record in the majors, I believe. So, you look at that, you look at their resources, you look at the fact that with all the injuries they've had among them, Luis Severino, they're, they're, he would have been their ace going into the year. He got hurt back in April. And he's out until at least after the All-Star break. Um, you know, James Paxton just came back from the injured list yesterday. But, you know, he's got a sore knee. He pitched yesterday with a knee brace. He pitched very well. But, you know, when you've got a guy, one of your five starters t- going out there with a knee brace, you know, you have to watch it carefully. CC Sabathia has been hurt. Uh, Keiko makes a lot of sense for the Yankees. That's my prediction. Um, where Kimbrel's concerned, uh, you know, uh, there's so many. I, can't, I I pause because I tell you what. I'll be honestly, to be honest, I, I'm tongue tied by how many awful bullpens there are this year. <laughs> I mean, the Washington Nationals, it's like historically bad. I, they thought they were guys, the team, they thought they were going to contend going into the year. And, and their bullpen is just abysmal. And Max Scherzer, if I'm Max Scherzer, 
I've, I'm livid at the lack of support I've gotten. I mean, Scherzer, I saw a number the other day. The Nationals bullpen, I think in, in Scherzer starts, the Nationals bullpen has like got an 11 ERA or so, double digits. And, Correct. And uh, yeah, and that and that's the highest, the worst bullpen performance of, attached to any starter in the game right now. So the Nationals, they lose Bryce Harper. One of their strengths is their probably their main strength is the rotation. I mean, they signed, they laid all those millions of dollars into Patrick Corbin. They got Scherzer, they got Strasburg, and yet. They're letting the air out of their strength by having such an awful bullpen. So, I mean, Kimbrell would fit there. He'd fit in Atlanta. Um, Minnesota's got a really good bullpen, and they've also got the best record in the major leagues. Um, they're going to be adding uh, between now and Ju- the July 31 trade deadline. So, you know, one I had one baseball person tell me the other day that he thinks the Twins are going to add either Keuchel or Kimbrell, but one of them. So, you know, there are a lot of possibilities out there, uh, you know, but I do think both are going to be signed and, you know, say by the end of next week or the first part of the following week. National baseball MLB columnist from Bleach Report. You can hear him on Sirius XM, and he does a lot of different work around the country. Scott Miller is with us here on Ace Cast Live with Chris Townsend. And, you know, when I think about the A's, it's been an interesting kind of roller coaster start. Didn't get off to a great start. Then they had some troubles where they were six games under 500. Then they won 10 in a row. And now the A's, after the loss yesterday to the Angels, they're 29 and 27. How have you viewed the green and gold so far this year? Yeah, talking about the roller coaster, what is it? They, they've lost two in a row or one in a row now? Two, right? two in a row. Two in a row. They're, so they're, they're, they're swooning. Uh, no, seriously, 10 wins in a row. Uh, I guess that comes with an asterisk, right? Because the one they've got a suspended game in the middle of that with Detroit and that they're going to make up in early September. Correct. And if they lose that game, doesn't, I think that counts as a loss in the middle of their 10 game streak. Correct. Correct. But if they win, it will add, it'll make it an 11 yep. game streak. So I, yeah, you're right. So you got to look at the glasses half full, I guess more than half empty. You could say that 10 game streak and they're on deck for an 11 gamer. Um, you know, I think a couple things. I mean, it's it's you know, first off, Matt Chapman is a superstar. I don't care if he's not a household name nationally. Uh, this kid, what he does defensively, what he does with the bat, uh, he is such an impact player, and and you know that that stands out to me. Loriano in center field. I know people in Oakland. Uh, he makes catches that probably. Some people in Oakland are yawning at by now, and in other markets, they fans would be ooing and eyeing. You know, that's probably Loriano's B-level catchers. His A-level catchers are, are you know, just as, uh, out of sight. Um, I think the pitching, certainly Frankie Montez has been a, a, a huge contributor this year in the rotation. I frankly didn't expect as much from the green and gold as I did last year. Uh, I should, I take that back. I should say, I didn't expect as much this year as what they gave us last year. Um, just because I thought last year was open, everything came together so well. And, you know, everybody knew going into this year, you know, that Manaya was hurt. They weren't going to have him. They had some guys banged up, but you know, they find a way to get it done. And I also think Bob Melvin clearly is, 
as good a manager as there is in the game. Yeah, and it's it, it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do at the trading deadline. It's going to be interesting to yep. see what everybody does because it's a different year because now we don't have waivers after July 31st. It is a hard deadline. So since it is a hard deadline, do you think we'll see more action even in June, let alone July? Yeah, I mean, that's nobody quite knows because we haven't gone through this before, but there is definitely – uh, some talk among some industry insiders, you know, ex- club executives are talking and wondering and thinking that, yeah, they're they're You know, the trade season may start a little bit early this year, mid June to late June, you know, for may- maybe clubs getting a jump on others, trying to make a deal for a pitcher or whatever it is, uh, you know, knowing that now you need to beat everybody to the punch and you don't get, uh, the luxury of waiting and waiting and waiting and up until July, late July, and then making a move in August. I mean, you know, you look back two years ago when the Astros won the World Series in 2017, and um, you know, I mean, they basically won the World Series in late August when ju- they acquired Justin Verlander from Detroit at the at the, the old waivers trading deadline. That kind of move now can't happen in August, especially on August 30th or 31st. I mean. That stuff's got to happen by July 31st. And, you know, that ought to, I would think, give some teams that are feeling pretty good about themselves the impetus to strike sooner than later. Because, you know, if you can't make a move in August and you think you can win, why not go out and get whoever it is, a Marcus Stroman or a Trevor Bauer? Why not go out and get them on June 20th? Instead of July 31st, when you know you can get them and and have a make, five, you know maybe get an extra four or five starts out of them. Are you still doing some work around the Padres? Uh, yep, I see them. Yeah, that's uh, kind of a sideline to my Bleacher Report gig. Is I, I do some, I do contribute to Fox Sports San Diego. So I I live down in San Diego. I see the Padres and do a little bit with their TV broadcast. So we know how Harper's getting booed in Philly. What's the early reaction with Manny Machado and San Diego? Well, as you can can guess, San Diego's not Philadelphia, so uh, it takes a lot to get booed. And if Ian Kinsler doesn't get booed very hard for that episode a couple weeks ago when he was he was a little miffed at a handful of boos, and you probably saw that, Chris. He hit, oh, hit yeah. a three-run homer. Yeah, across his home plate throws up his arms and utters some F words at the fans. And then afterward he said, Oh no, I was, I was talking to my teammates. That's how we fire each other up. And it, it was pretty clear. He, that's not the case. Mr. Kinsler was looking for, you know, a, a bush to hide behind. Um, you know, he should have gotten booed loud for like from then till now, but you know, he got a few boos the next day and then everybody kind of calmed back down, you know, again and started, you know, thinking about whatever it is they think about. So Machado has been good. He's, he's, he's not, his batting average is down, you know, compared to what it sometimes was in Baltimore. He's not quite, you know, he's not putting up the production numbers, but he also had a cool April. He's picked it up in May. Um, But the thing about Machado, he has been, absolutely phenomenal in the field you know he started out third base when Fernando Tetis Jr. was the shortstop and then he moved over to short when Tetis Jr. pulled his hamstring about three weeks ago and Tetis Jr. has been out ever since 
when he comes back, Machado will move back to third. But, you know, he's played third. He's played short. He's made some unbelievable plays. It seems like every night he makes at least one play that makes you do a double take in the field. So, you know, I would say, you know, no, Machado's not getting anywhere near the, the, the booze that Bryce Harper's getting in Philly. You know, flip side, you know, when Harper's been getting love in Philly, Machado's love in San Diego isn't nearly that extreme either. But I would say overall the Padres fans uh, are pretty appreciative of what he's done so far, even given the money it's taking to pay him, uh, because he has gotten a few big hits. He's produced some. Uh, they think there's more in there. But in the field, he's been, like I say, every night there's usually at least one play that makes you go, wow. Scott, thank you so much for the time, and we really appreciate you uh, helping us out with this new venture. It means a lot to me, and uh, we'll be talking to you down the line. Be well. I appreciate you having me on, Chris. Uh, Always nice talking with you. And, uh, yeah, all the best uh, to, to this venture, and we'll talk soon. Scott Miller, national baseball writer for Bleach Report. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Miller BBL. Coming up, I think he's entered the building. Elvis, no, it's David Force, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics. If you have any questions you want to you want me to address with David, throw us on the text line at 510-897-1322. That's 510-897-1322. You are listening to A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. That's athletics.com community. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com premium today. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A's Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A's Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. 
Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. From sweet plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Yes, it is A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. As we are going to be talking with the A's general manager, David Force. Just saw him. He's in the building. This is the place that you are going to get the general manager show. This is the place you're going to get the Bob Melvin show. And this is where you're going to come every single week to get the guys of the decision makers for your Oakland athletics. Now we will still cut this up and put it on A's cast that will run throughout the day, 24 seven, but to get it live, you're going to have to come to A's cast live with Chris Townsend. And he now joins us. He's the general manager of your Oakland athletics. And I said, David, when we're going to build a studio at Jack London Square, we're going to get the biggest studio we possibly can get. Well, then you and I are going to have to get smaller, Chris, <laughs> if we're going to fit into here. So. <laughs> that's, that's what this, I said. This is all the incentive I need to start working on <laughs> yeah, we need to, Yeah, we need to lose a little weight to all fit in here. How are you doing? I am great. How are you? I, I am doing well. And, yes, uh, I've been seeing a lot of your guys around, as we know that the draft is coming up here on Monday. So, Take us through that process, how you get ready for a draft, because to me, it's just fascinating all the different people you got to look at. Yeah, this is uh, it's an exciting time. It's this week is a bit of a grind, um, but it's a time that we look forward to quite a bit. So uh, our entire amateur scouting staff comes into Oakland. We set up in the Raiders locker room. It's it's just about the only room in the Coliseum that's big enough to fit all of us. So. The Raiders very generously loan us their locker room for the week. Um, and we've got, you know, all in with scouts and cross-checkers, interns, our front office staff. We've got 30-plus people in that room. And uh, by the end of the week, you got to get 1,200 names up on the board. So, it, uh, like I said, it's a grind. It takes a while to talk through every guy. But uh, it's a fun part of the process. It's good for esprit de corps to have everybody together and, and go over all the work these guys have done going back to January. You know, I think about if you have the first pick or the second or third pick, maybe through the top five, maybe through the top ten maybe, you have a really good idea who's going to be there for you. Yeah. How do you guys look at it? And it's a good thing because you won 97 games. How do you guys look at it? Are you picking 26th? 29th. 29th. Like I, <laughs> that's a, Yeah, it's impossible to know at this point. Where, what are we, Wednesday? Uh, we're five days away. There are a lot of mock drafts out there that, that give you some information on what the industry is thinking, but it's impossible to know who's going to be there. So uh, you line up your board the way you see them. 
Um, and you also know we've been in this position before. Obviously, we've had good years where we've picked towards the end of the first round. Uh, you don't have to look any further than our third baseman to see a guy who's picked 24th or t- I'm sorry, 25th overall. So we've uh, we've been back there before. We know there are big leaguers at the end of the first round, just like there are everywhere in the draft. And um, and then come Monday morning, Monday afternoon, you know, rumors get out, sort of some leaks come, and you start figuring out, okay, here's a group of maybe five or six guys that, that you are realistic for later in that day, and you really just start to whittle it down. You know, I always think about all the bad cliches for the NFL draft. We're just going to take the best player on the board. We're going to take a guy that best fits our needs. So when, when you look at it, because it's so different from the NFL because you're drafting college guys, yeah. and you're drafting college guys that there's not only tape of them playing football games – there's tape of them practicing. You've got everything. You've got combine. You've got so many. You got personal workouts with all of these guys. Baseball. You got high school guys. You got junior college guys. You got college guys. So when you're looking at getting that all that information, and finally the pick comes up to you at 29, is there ever like a preference? Ah, we really have a more experienced college guy, or hey, this high school kid's got amazing tools. How do you look at it? All those things are part of the the equation and part of the discussion. And, and I will say this is a lot different process from what we had 5, 10, 15 years ago. So the one thing that we have not sort of caught up with the other sports is the combine. We just we haven't found a way to do it because of the timing. Our draft is in the middle of the baseball season. It's towards the end of the high school and college season. A lot of these guys who are getting drafted Monday, they're going to be out there playing still. The, the regionals are going on. There's In some states, high school tournaments are still going. So we don't have this one event where we have everybody in the same place. Now, that said, we have exponentially more medical information than we had years ago. We have video uh, on just about every guy and a lot of it. I mean, there are companies out there now that are providing almost every college game that is played, whether it's in the SEC, whether it's in the Ivy League, whether it's Division Two, I mean, there is a ton of video. So you are able to see these guys. And we also have a lot of the same data sources that we have in the big leagues. We've got TrackMan. We've got exit velos. We've got spin rates. We've got all the stuff that goes into making decisions on pro players uh, on these college guys and, and to some extent the high school guys. So uh, there's no one way to say, like, hey, we prefer college or, or high school. Or we prefer more information. We just – we have a lot more ways to do things than we did back when, say, the Moneyball draft happened. Did you uh, have you ever heard this story about Rick Monday, the first ever pick in the I draft? I don't know if I have. Okay, so Rick Monday was playing like Sal Bando. They were playing in at the College World Series. He's at Rosenblatt Stadium. Mm-hmm. They're down the line getting ready for one of their College World Series games, and riders came down the line to tell him, Rick, you were the number one pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's probably the best possible way he could have found out because you hear stories about guys getting, like, telegrams three days later to find out they were drafted. Look, as recently as, you know, I graduated from college in 1998, guys that I knew were finding out, you know, the next day, uh, either in the newspaper or whatever, or maybe getting a phone call. It just until Major League Baseball did such a good job putting it on television and putting it on the internet and things like that. It was it was not the the event that the NBA and NFL draft are. So when you think of how many players you're going to draft, and some of the guys that you're going to draft, whether it is a high school guy or a junior college guy, the odds are they still could go to a university. They may not sign. 
So when you're going through that process, how many guys do you, you really expect, out of all the guys you draft, the percentage that will actually sign and play in your organization? So we have 40 rounds now. We draft 40 guys. We don't have any extra picks this year. And I would say it, it's rare to have a year where more than one or two guys doesn't sign. And I say that because the, a big part of the area scout's job at this point is to know what's it going to take for a kid to sign. What, what does he really want to do? Does he want to go play pro, pro ball or does he want to go to college? Uh, if it's a college guy, does he want to go back to school? If it's a junior college guy, does he want to transfer somewhere to a four-year school? So, uh, so much of what our area scouts are doing year-round is getting to know kids, getting to know their families, uh, and really getting into their heads so that when it comes time to make that decision, when Eric Kubota has to call a name, he has every bit of information. We know, is this guy signable? Because there's a huge opportunity cost with using a draft pick on someone who doesn't sign, the irony of that being our number one pick last year, um, the opportunity cost of not signing our first rounder last year. But you know throughout the draft you have to you have to have all the information. I can totally defend you guys on that one, by the way. because <laughs> I, Someone has to. Yeah, because, you know, people now – I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. When you guys drafted Kyler, he wasn't the starting quarterback. He was going to be in a quarterback battle. I remember I went to Boris's people, and they allowed me to interview him when he took BP. He had no intent. He was he was all about baseball at that point. He never even had a clue he was going to be the Heisman Trophy winner in the number one pick. Yeah. I look, in, in his defense, I think he always believed in himself and felt like he was he was a Division I college football player, even though he hadn't gotten that opportunity up until uh, last fall. Um, but you're right. He didn't know he was going to win the Heisman. Nobody did. Nobody knew he was going to go out there. And then to, to go from where we were in June to him being the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, uh, you could have won a lot of money in Vegas betting on that happening. A 5'10 quarterback going number one had I never happened. I think it's 5'10 and a quarter officially. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Carter Stewart is a first-round pick from last year. He was first-round, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He was first-round. He didn't get the money that he wanted, so now he's going over to Japan. He's a Boris client, and so he'll have to go through the process like other Japanese players, but when he does come back, he could be one of the youngest free agents of all time at 25 years old, but it will be the same way as having to buy a Japanese player. What did you think about that, and what do you think about that process for the draft going forward? Yeah, it's an interesting situation, and I think uh, MLB still needs to give the club some direction on this. They haven't uh, officially spoken to us about it, but... Yeah, a young man drafted ninth overall last year, did not sign. I think there was a disagreement over an injury that he that he had last summer. Um, but it was a surprise to see him sign, I think, a guaranteed six-year deal with SoftBank um, because he was a guy who would have been expected to go somewhere in the late first round, maybe a comp round pick this year. And you just don't expect one of our amateurs to go over there and sign a contract to start in the minor leagues. Now, how it plays out six years down the road, there's there's a lot of things that can happen between now and then. But like you said, he has the potential to come back here as a free agent at 25, 26 years old. But uh, I think MLB will give us some direction on, A, whether he's draft eligible, if someone can lock him up, you know, in, in case that J- Japanese deal doesn't work. We don't know that yet. Uh, there's a lot of things about this deal that we haven't learned yet. I understand what he's doing because he's getting $7 million. He's probably going to make more than – about six million that he would have made here, so you get that money up front. 
Now, years ago, if you would have told me, I'd be, that's crazy. But now that we've gone to Japan twice, and it's a beautiful country, it's great, I can see why he's doing it. Yeah, look, you take the guaranteed money. The the level of baseball over there is is similar to what he's going to be here. Obviously, there's a lot being talked about uh, about minor league wages here and the salary that he would have earned after his bonus working his way four or five years through the minor leagues here. So I think that discussion needs to be had um, if this is going to become an option for for our amateurs. You know, it's good to have a 10-game winning streak, and it could be 11, depending right. on uh, what happens in September, we're, that makeup we're game. We're counting it as 10 and two-thirds right <laughs> yeah. now, depending, pending the outcome of that game. Boy, that's what the doctor ordered for you guys, right? It was great. Yeah, our guys played great. Starting pitching really stepped up. Our bullpen had a nice stretch there. Unfortunately, we came up short the last two nights. Um, but that's what happens when you work – and grind to win 10 in a row, it's going to take a toll. Everybody's playing every night. You're using Trine and Trevino. Sorry, you're using these guys three three nights in a row, four out of five nights, whatever it is. And that's what makes those extended winning streaks so rare is that everybody has to step up every night. So um, we did come up short, but, you know, good day of rest today going into a big series against Houston. But it's nice to get back on the right side of 500. How tough is it when you are rolling and you know those names you just used and you're using them all the time where you have to go, we just can't throw these guys every single night? Yeah, it's, it's the toughest thing I think Bob and Emo have to, to look at every night. What is the workload and what is the long-term right thing to do? Because – Blake and Lou are such, you know, they're such battlers. They're going to tell you every night they feel okay. And Bob has to step in and say, no, this is, you know, we got to give you a night off. We want to play deep into October. And if we're going to have you healthy the whole year, there are nights we just have to say, hey, Blake's down for the night. The other guys have to step up and do the job. The opener. And it's interesting to me that it's like a field goal kicker. When, when the field goal kicker makes the game-winning kick, you love him. Mm-hmm. When he doesn't, you're ready for tryouts and bring somebody else <laughs> in, right? And that's kind of how the opener is. Like the opener, you use it yesterday, didn't work. And when it doesn't work, I can tell you my text line, the phone calls, everybody hates it. Explain to everybody why you use an opener. Well, look, it's on a case-by-case basis. What we did yesterday and what we did the last time we used Liam, when I believe Aaron Brooks was starting, is we got the starting pitcher off the top of their lineup the first time through. And you think about when you use your best relievers late in the game against the top or the middle of the lineup, you have a chance to set it up in the first inning, say, hey, Liam, instead of matching up in the sixth against one, two, three, or two, three, four, why don't you get those guys out in the first inning, save Daniel Mangan a trip through the order, and when he comes up against those guys in the sixth or whatever, it's only his third time instead of his fourth time through. So, yeah, I, I get it. We don't do it often enough frankly, that fans are going to say, like, well, it didn't work this time, let's get them next time. I, I think that's on us because this is something we believe in. We just, you know, like I said earlier, we're using our bullpen so much late in games, it's hard to really plan this out ahead of time enough. I, I give all the credit in the world to Tampa because they, they've done a great job with their personnel and setting it up so that this is a regular thing for them. But in the case of yesterday, you look at how Daniels pitched in the first inning of his previous two, two or three starts, and you say, hey, We'd be doing him a favor to get him off the top of the lineup. Now, you and, and, and the people calling in your show say, well, it didn't work. Well, here's the thing. Daniel pitched great yesterday. He pitched four and a third really quality innings. Who's to say that Liam sort of you know stepping on the grenade for him in the first didn't help him pitch as well as he did? There's a lot of things that affect the rest of the game when, when you have a reliever open, open up. Yeah, you cannot say it doesn't work. 
Tampa has shown that that it does work, and everybody in baseball, you know, at one point it was like, oh, there's only certain teams that everybody's using the opener now. So obviously yeah. it does work. The thing I think that some people were questioning was, you know, you use Liam for two the night before, and then in, in, a, in a very not even 24 hours, sure. you're bringing them back. Totally get that. And the conversation we had with Bob and Emo after Tuesday night's game was, hey, is Liam going to be available tomorrow, period? Yes, he was. He hadn't thrown in four days. He threw two innings, 33 pitches. He's available. What's the difference if he throws in the first or the sixth? There's, there really isn't. So that we made the decision to start him. Look, he makes a different pitch to Puello, or that ball travels another 10 feet and lands in Piscotti's glove. He's out of there with a scoreless inning. I mean, that ball just happened to fall in. It was a jam shot. Has he worked himself into – Forget the opener, but has he worked himself to be maybe being that bridge guy to get to Trevino and Trinan? Without a doubt. He's pitched incredibly well. You've seen the, the spike in his velo. He's pitching right now at 97, 98. I think he's as healthy as maybe he has ever been as long as he's been with us. Um, and he's got the slider working. So he's certainly a guy that Bob can trust. And the fact is, like, when he throws like that and Bookter throws the way he has, Soria's really come around. Uh, obviously gave it up late the other night, again, on a you know a bloop and, and not hard-hit balls. But when you got those three guys getting to Lou and Blake, that's how you end up winning 10 in a row. It's the David Ford Show here on A's Cast Live with Chris Towns, and we'll be doing this every single week, and then we'll be playing it also once we'll put it on A's Cast. It'll also run throughout the week on our 24-7 station. I was asked earlier today, and, and, and it's a fair question, about Matt Chapman and a contract extension because we have seen through baseball. I don't know what the number is anymore. I stopped keeping track. But since last year's World Series, it's like 37 or 38 guys have signed contract extensions. And I think one that you kind of look comparable could be Alex Bregman's deal. Have you talked with Scott Boris and talked with Matt about a potential extension for him? Uh, I will just say yes, we have. Um, You know, for a long time the question was, what about Chris? What about Chris? And and I think I was honest and said – we're in constant contact with his representative. We just we need to find that common ground, and it happened, and it's great. Uh, as far as Matt's concerned, we have talked to Scott. We have talked to Matt. Uh, let let them know, you know, what our interest is, and it's it's just it takes time to see if, if two parties can come together. But other than that, I don't have any details but to say we recognize Matt's value to the organization. It's like free agency is getting scary for players, right? And and obviously the CBA, we don't even know what that's going to look like coming up here. Right. You have, you have a situation where after 2021, you, have a, a, you will have a completely different economic environment, I think. Um, to say the free agent is scary for players, I don't know. These guys got here because they have 150% confidence in themselves i don't know that anybody thinks oh i'm worried about my value getting out to free agency because they they believe in themselves someone like matt chapman believes in his ability to get paid when he gets out there so i don't know that we're able to necessarily draw on that to to get guys to sign deals is is this going into this weekend you know as i always joke with uh bob melvin because he's friends with harbaugh and harbaugh would say iron sharpens iron is this one of those (laughs) series here you got the astros you've put yourself back in position to where you can see the astros in the standings is this one for the front office you get fired up for a series like this it's it's May still. May well, it'll be June by the time this series is over. So it, it's hard to say like, hey, this is a uh, you know this is one we really got to get. But it, it's a measuring stick. I mean, they are the class of the division, no doubt about it. They've won the division, been to the World Series a couple of years in a row. Um, so they, you know, we we have to go through them. 
We did not play well at their place earlier in the year. We know that. Um, they are coming in a little banged up. You know, they're, they're missing Correa. They're missing Springer. I think they're missing Altuve. So yeah. this is an opportunity as much as anything for us to maybe make up a game or two but uh, but for our guys to get the confidence, hey, we can play with them because we see them a lot the rest of the way. So we're going to have to go through them to get to the top of the division. Let's end on this. Is this your favorite time of the year, the draft? It's it's fun. The draft is fun. This is a, a time of year where we've got two months of season behind us. You even start looking towards July and trading deadline and what you can do with your club. So we're coming up on a really fun time of year. If you want to take me, I'm still available with the last pick just so I can say I got drafted. You've got eligibility left? I don't know that you're an amateur anymore, Chris. Hey, we always appreciate the time, and good luck to you. We'll talk to you next week, and we'll be talking about a bunch of the future of the Oakland Athletics. We'll have 40 new names to talk about, and we'll come back to your little studio here to do it. Yeah, maybe we'll do it at the ballpark. (laughs) Okay. It's the David Force Show right here on A's Cast Live. explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara but as a parent and an A's fan we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground this awesome space is open and waiting for you from awesome new games for kids to interactive activities the A's stomping ground is right for you and your family so the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. Chris Townsend for nestbedding.com. If you've been mattress shopping, you know the cost of a memory foam mattress is insane. And what do you know about the company that makes the mattress and the other one that sold it to you? Check out my friends at nestbedding.com, a local company that actually makes the mattress they sell right here in the USA, which means you get a high-quality memory foam mattress at half the cost, and shipping is always free. I love this company, local business, made in the USA, free shipping. Did I mention their lifetime guarantee? Mattress and bedding needs. Go to Nest betting.com looking to take a's cast on the road with you on your next jog or road trip head over to athletics.com slash podcasts and you can download episodes of taking effect green and gold history a season on the road and more visit athletics.com slash podcasts today now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat drink and cheer the a's right from these amazing new half moon tables With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or co-workers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the Terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Hey kids, have you ever wanted to run the bases like your favorite A's player? Well, here's your chance. Children ages 14 and under can come onto the field following most Sunday home games and race around the bases with A's mascot Stomper there to cheer them on. Make sure to pack your running shoes so you can show off your speed. Race Around the Bases is brought to you by the Oakland A's Community Fund. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? 
One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Now back to A's cast live. Broadcasting from the town, here's Chris Townsend. How good was that? David Force Show. Going to have it every week. Bob Melvin Show. Going to have it every week. We're going to have national writers. We're going to have players. We're going to have everything that is baseball. It's going to be A's, and it's going to be Major League Baseball. As I've been saying, we're going to cover it like a Snuggie. We're going to hear from Susan Slusser coming up here. She'll make her debut on the program coming up here at 530. So I thought there were some interesting things there. Like the draft. It is such a crap shooting baseball. I always love how people write the articles. Hey, you got to hit. You got to hit on your draft. <laughs> we'll have to get into it a little bit later. The Diamondbacks. Had an opportunity to take Trout. What was it, Commander Cody? Was it, what, what was it, like 13th or 14th? I believe they had the 16th and 17th pick in the 09 draft and they had a chance to take him. And the story of how they did not get him, it's pretty incredible. I mean, think about this. We're talking about the guy is the greatest player of his generation. When it's all said and done, he is going to be one of the greatest players of all time. I mean, Trout's going to be one of those guys. He'll Everybody will vote for Mike Trout to get into the Hall of Fame. You know, analytics have shown that this guy is absolutely – his war is already better than a bunch of guys who are already in the Hall of Fame. And how many people missed him? How many teams? Because they knew he – I mean, they knew he'd be a first-rounder. I mean, he was there at the draft. When they started doing the draft show on the MLB Network, so they knew he was going to get drafted high. How many people did they pass for Mike Trout? It's incredible. I mean, look at football. Like I was talking about with David. Football. They've got all the information you can possibly have on a player. They've got everything. They can go meet with the guy's coach. They can watch film. They can watch all of his games. If you're a guy, let's say you're getting drafted as a junior in the NFL, they have every game you've ever played in. And what and why that is key is because usually when you get into college and you're like a freshman, you're going to play. On special teams. So if you think this guy that you're drafting, I don't know, we'll take a running back. But you think when he first shows up, he's going to have to play special teams. Well, how good was he on special teams? Well, obviously when he was a star junior as a running back, he didn't play on special teams. But I can go back and watch the film when he was a freshman and a sophomore and see how he played on special teams. That's the stuff I'm talking about. They got everything. The meat market known as the combine. They can they get it they interview you, they weigh you, they test you, how strong you are, how fast you are, how much you can jump, they do all the drills. Then they have workouts before the draft, and they still get it wrong. Every year you can go back 
and look at these NFL drafts and go, oh, that one good. That guy's out of the league in two years. That guy's out of the league in three years. Wait a minute. You took him with the, the ninth pick in the draft. He was supposed to be awesome. You said he was the future. It's just that's just you're dealing with human beings. So you take that and then you now look at baseball. And baseball, you just you, 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 the information's getting better, but it's nowhere even near. Nowhere even near the NBA. And look how many NBA picks get wrong. Uh, do we need to go through the uh, all the number one picks of the Golden State Warriors over the years before they start hitting on the group that are here? And then I thought it was great to hear about Matt Chapman. They're talking. And that's all he's going to say. He's not going to sit there and go, yeah, Chris, we've offered five years, hundred. I wish he would do that, but he's not. So the good news is for A's fans, they are talking with Boris and they are talking with Matt. And I know that there's certain people in uniform have spoke with Matt. And what happens is, is you start looking around at what your peers are getting. And that's why I keep bringing up Alex Bregman. Look it up, Cody. I think it's five years, $105 million. So, like, maybe if you're Matt Chapman, okay, I want five years, 110 Or I want five years, 115 I do have a theory on this. I think money... And I don't, you are not going to think this is, oh my God, Townsend, you're reinventing the wheel. Do you have what Bregman's is? Signed six years, $100 million. Six years, $100 million. So I was shortchanging a year. Okay, six years, $100 mil. It is my belief that not everybody is equipped to deal with a large amount of money. That not all human beings can handle a certain amount of money. That's why you see lottery winners go nuts, because they can't handle the money. They don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to invest it. They don't know how to spend it. They don't know how to save it. And they're not comfortable being in that tax bracket. You may think I'm crazy. I think one of the best examples played out a Petri dish right in front of us in San Francisco. Barry Zito was not comfortable with the money. Because Barry Zito went from being the lovable kid out of USC who was hip and he was cool and he played guitar and he was good looking and he had a 12-6 curveball for a left-hander, which you really never see, and he had the change up and he could throw in the 90s and he was money. Cy Young Award winner, once again, played the guitar, music family. He signed for, what was it, 124 or 127, which was a huge deal in San Francisco. Now he wasn't hip anymore. People looked at Barry Zito as a dollar sign. That's what they saw on his forehead was just dollar signs. And a lot of Ace fans, you'll know a guy that used to cover this team, Michael Urban, friend of mine, who's also really close with Barry. You know, Barry talked to him about the struggles of, of the money. Barry wasn't equipped. He has the money now. He ended up getting a championship, and he's okay, and he's writing music. I did the interview with him when he was here. 
But when he was playing for the Giants, the money was on his mind. You're trying to earn that paycheck. You're trying to earn that paycheck every every pitch, every at bat, every whatever. It's what Bryce Harper's going through right now. It's what Manny Machado's going through right now. Some guys can handle it though. Mike Trout, for what I believe, and there's always a difference too about. Signing with your own team versus signing with another team. Because when you sign with your own team, you have the sweat equity of your own team. Like Chris Davis. Or like all these guys who signed extensions. They don't want to go to free agency. Because they're happy where they are and someone offered them a ton of cash. So they're comfortable. The money doesn't affect them. But when you go to another city and you don't have that sweat equity and the fans don't love you yet, and you got to prove yourself, and you got to prove you're worth the money, some guys buckle under the pressure. And some people are not comfortable with, oh, my God, $300 million. I don't need $300 million. $100 million's fine. That's why all these guys signed extensions, because they don't want to sit around and wait for the $300 million contract. They saw, I mean, agents are probably angry about it, but they saw what happened to Harper Machado. They don't want to sweat like that. I mean, think about it. You're with the A's. You're happy here. You perform well here. You like the fans. You like the manager. You like your teammates. Someone wants to offer you $100 million, why would I not take it? Why would I not take it? That's something that Matt Chapman has to think about. I don't know what the dollar figures are. But if Matt Chapman wants to be a traditional Boris client, and he wants to test the waters, and let's say he signs a contract with, let's just say, I don't know, the New York Yankees, you better start hitting home. Ask Jason Giambi what that was like. You better hit a home run every at-bat. You better do something every game, or they're going to be on your you-know-what because they look at you as a dollar sign. Here, you'll always be loved. Or all these other players that sign their extensions. They'll always be loved. Acuna, everybody was criticizing him. What did this guy come from? Came from nothing, and now you're going to give him 100 something million? I don't, can't remember if he got like 130 or 120. He didn't want to wait around to try and get 400. He'll still get another contract offer. There's no question. So, really good stuff by David Force about the draft, about Matt Chapman, telling you why they use the opener. Some of you like the opener, some of you don't. My producer, Commander Cody, loves the opener. Tampa, they love the opener. But when it does, it's, I'm telling you, it's like a field goal kicker. When your field goal kicker misses a field goal, you hate him. When he makes it, ah, oh, he's all world. When he misses it, get that guy out of here. We should be trying out different kickers. Yeah, there's a kicker panic. There's an opener panic when it doesn't work. Because think about it. Opener gives up runs. And then, why'd we do that? Why didn't we just have the starter? The opener's here to stay. You know what also is here to stay? Our good friend, and she's going to be a great friend of the program. Susan Slusser will make her debut on A's Cast Live next. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? 
Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com slash community. That's athletics.com slash community. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. From sweet plans to single game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's suites, visit athletics.com slash suites. That's athletics.com slash suites. If you love chicken pies and a dynamic menu, then you're going to love the chicken pie shop of Walnut Creek. You have to try their world-famous chicken pie dinner, which has been served in Southern California for 80 years. That's the chicken pie shop right off Main Street in downtown Walnut Creek, located at 1251 Arroyo Way. Parking's easy, perfect for events, daily drink and food specials, and best of all, great food. Check out their menu at chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com, right off Main Street, Walnut Creek. Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com premium or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Not only are we streaming from the East Bay, we're right here in Oakland, Jack London Square, in the A's new offices, not far from where the new ballpark's going to be. We're only going to about 612 tonight because I got to go ho- go host the the gala. Having a gala tonight. It's for the A's Community Fund. Going to be a big auction. A lot of money for charity. Always a great event. Normally, when the A's don't play, we're going to be on from 4 to 7. And, yes, they are going to take this show, I have learned. And if you miss it live, they're going to put it as a podcast. And then on the weekends on A's Cast, I guess they're going to take the best of. That's dicey as we speak. Best of this show already. Now, we're going to have a lot of good guests for you. 
By the way, before we talk to Susan, do we have Susan? Susan, are you there? I'm here. Hey, Townie. It is your first ever appearance on A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. It's the great Susan Slusser from the San Francisco Chronicle. We know we're going to hear your voice a lot here, and I've been telling everybody what's so cool is like, this is such a historic thing. We're the only team in Major League Baseball allowed to stream 24-7. We're the only team allowed to have a, 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 a live show like we're doing now, Monday through Friday. And as you put out in one of your books, you know, the A's have always been at the forefront of things in Major League Baseball. Yeah, including all things broadcast. You know, I, I, I love it. I love that you're doing it. It's such a good answer. It's so smart for teams to do, too. You know, you're in charge of your message. You can ensure your listeners uh, get what they want, which is coverage, A's coverage. Uh, I think it's brilliant. I think we're going to see a lot of teams. You know, we've kind of seen this in some arenas, you know, with teams having their own TV stations. The A's obviously have to kind of share uh, NBC Sports California and Bay Area with the Giants and every other, you know, local team. But, you know, you look at the Yankees and Yes Network, this is even better at streaming. And it's what the millennials want. I mean, it's the bottom line. I mean, people who are 40 and younger, you know, they're not listening to traditional radio. They're not even watching cable. They don't even have cable or, or, or direct TV or satellite anymore. This is, this is the future, how our fan base is going to consume the product. Yeah, now we just need to get MLB to get rid of its antiquated rules about territories and being able to, you know, you should be able to listen to this uh, and anything from any team Anywhere you are, you know, especially if you're somebody who's paying for an app or anything like that, you should be able to get what you are paying for anywhere for a league that wants more fans, not fewer, provide the coverage. I think that makes sense. No doubt about it. And, you know, something that you and I talked about, I think it was either in Detroit or Cleveland where I was talking about the Little League, Willow Glen, there's Willow Glen Little League and Lincoln Glen Little League. I'm across the street from Lincoln Glen Little League. Guys like Mark Canna played there, and they used to all have Major League Baseball uniforms, and one day Major League Baseball went, whoa, you got to pay us a fee for that, a rights fee. And it was like, wait a minute, you got these kids already buying the hats and the jerseys and the uniforms. You're making money off the merchandise. You don't want them wearing your uniforms so they grow up loving your sport and loving these teams. You now want them to go to generic uniforms. And Major League Baseball is, yes. I mean, it's just, they're so, they're so short-sighted in so many ways. How many people do you know where, like, their first or second favorite team that's their team because they had the jersey when they were in Little League. I mean, Josh Donaldson, when he showed up with the A's, said, I've always loved the A's because they were my first Little League jersey. You know, my teams were the Braves and the A's, and I love the A's because I had the jersey. Like, yeah, uh, that's, that's how kids think. So, you know, why would you t- kind of deprive them of that and yourself as a, for a source of future revenue? Yeah, it, it's – it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I, I I didn't want to start on a note like this, but I think it's very important that we talk about it. And that is what happened in Houston yesterday, where the 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 young girl fan got hit by the ball. I think she's yeah. going to be okay. And here yeah. here the issue is once again, we're not protecting our fans, and these live balls are coming in to the stands. And people, as the woman last year at Dodger Stadium was killed. Uh, so, Susan, what does Major League Baseball need to do to help protect their fans more with more netting? Yeah, I, I think it just it, net any area where you think that it's going to be uh, at all an issue. Um, 
the, the, I heard from a lot of fans last year who were concerned about the netting. And, uh, you know, we sit in these seats right near, you know, X railing. We're, we're worried we're not going to be able to see. I think the vast majority, not all of them, but I think the vast majority have been really pretty ha- happy with, you know, sort of the new tech netting that goes up, which is barely visible. You actually have to think about it to see it, if that makes sense. But, you know, for the press box, we're, we're looking through the netting all the time. We, we don't notice it. You just you can't tell. So I, I safety first. That's that's what I say. You know, the NHL changed that a few years ago when a young fan was killed by a puck. And I, I think baseball. You you know what? You cannot put the lives of fans, particularly small kids, at risk ever. Yeah, I I, I now when I, I sit out at an A's game, I, I don't even notice it anymore. And then the one thing that really was interesting to me was in Cleveland, when we're in Cleveland, how Cleveland, they have netting that not only protects Mm -hmm. you, but they have netting that goes from where the top of the netting is all the way up to where the press box level is. So if you sit anywhere from third base all the way around home plate, all the way to first base, you have no chance of getting hit and no chance of getting a foul ball because there's netting above you. Right. Um so, yeah, I mean, I think fans need to know that they should take that into consideration when they choose their seats because certainly lots of fans like to take their glove and uh, hope to get a foul ball. Great, you can still do that. Just sit in an area where you're going to get a foul ball. And those are the kind of fans that I think teams aren't worried about anyway. They're going to be watching every pitch. They've got a glove. You know, they're, they want a ball. That's great. That's fantastic. There'll be plenty of places you can do that. Um, but I think what they want to avoid is, you know, a lot of people are distracted now nowadays. The attention spans aren't what they were, were earlier for any of us, I don't think. People have phones. People are having conversations. People are eating. You're just not going to be glued to the field all the time. If that's the case, especially if you've got kids with you, uh, sit in an area that's covered by netting. I think that's a fantastic solution. Scott Miller from Bleach Report joined me earlier tonight, and he made a great point and it happens at every ballpark, is the teams, you know, because people are like, get off your phone and watch the game. But now teams are trying to talk to you during the game through your cell phones. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's an extra layer of, uh, you know, distraction for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't love it. You know, to me, uh, obviously, I'm a baseball writer. I think if you're a game, and unless you're writing a school of <laughs> He should be watching the game uh, or tweeting about a score. Um, no, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of distractions for everybody. But uh, when teams are adding them, also protect those fans. You know, and you've got – you put alcohol in the mix. Every You know, people are drinking more than their share of beers maybe and might not be paying attention. It's just – I would love to see, you know, everyone protected. And if you know what? If you don't want net in front of you, go sit in the outfield or sit, you know, far down the lines. You'll be fine out there. So the A's get on a hot streak. They get back over 500, but they end up dumping two to the Angels. And I just start looking at the bullpen numbers. Last year, their bullpen was amazing. They were 45 and 17 with a 3.77 ERA. This season, so far, 7 and 12 with a 4.11. What are you seeing in the differences between the two bullpens from last year to this year? Well, some of it early on, uh, and, you know, just one, uh, this time of the season, you know, sometimes the uh, the numbers can be really skewed with a, a bad outing or two for a guy. Um, and, and a lot of those guys, it is, most of their bad numbers are coming in one or two outings. So you kind of have to take that in, into consideration. But there was a stretch where there was 
definitely a lot of overusage, a lot of overwork by necessity. Starters early in season were not getting deep into games. Uh, they played a lot of extra inning games at one point, four in eight days, uh, asking a lot of your bullpen. So I think there were some ugly numbers that went up then. Recently here, uh, I think, you know, it has not actually been as bad as it looks. You know, Joaquin Soria, uh, that's the first loss against the Angels, he he clearly got a strike three there. He's out of the inning. Um, he did not pitch poorly uh, by any stretch. Uh, and then the next night, you know, Blake Tryon gets, only gives up one hard hit ball. That's kind of more what you're going to look at because guys are going to get bloops and dinks. And that is not really a reflection on a reliever. Uh, gives up one hit hard, hard hit ball in the inning. And then Lou Trevino, he's working his second inning, and he's just a little bit off. He said everything was kind of flat, a little bit up. up but, you know, it was more, you know, he hits a guy. There's a pass ball that's not on him. You know, there's a, a couple of walks. Uh, and also, you know, same with him, not a lot of hard hit balls. So, to me, this is the last couple of games, more bad luck than anything. Early in the season, um you know, there were some guys who were definitely not performing well. You know, and Blake Trinan, I'm going to throw in there because he has not been 100% the same. He's looked better, and he did not necessarily look bad yesterday, uh, just really the one hard hit ball. So it's, it's a whole mix of a lot of things. If letting Fernando Rodney go, uh, I think, was the right decision. Uh, he just did not look like he was going to be productive. There were very few spots that I think Bob Melvin could use him in and feel like uh, he was going to be reliable with an ERA over nine. Uh, and I, I think they're going to get better from here, but I'm, I'm going to throw out the last couple of games. Susan Slusser from the San Francisco Chronicle joins us here on A's cast live with Chris Townsend. And you've covered this game a long time. And I think about the story of Marcus Simeon, where he started, where he is now. Have you covered a better story? I love the Marcus Simeon story for so many reasons. He's local. So I love that. Uh, he, it is a wonderful person, so that's fantastic. And I have never seen uh, a professional athlete with as little ego because he was absolutely in the middle of a season to have a coach essentially hired just for you. Uh, first of all, that's kind of embarrassing, you know, a little humiliating. And he didn't t- take it like that at all. He's like, hey, this guy is here to help me. And when Ron Washington said, like, I am stripping you all the way back to the basics, he didn't complain. And in the middle of a season, you know, that's what pitchers sometimes will say. Tony, as you know, they'll be like, man, I really need to work on something, but I can't do it during the season. You know, you got to go with what you have. You cannot afford to tinker or mess around or pick up something new during the season. That's what Marcus Simeon did. You know, when, when Ron Washington came in, they were working on stuff that was brand new to him. His mechanics changed, the way he address the ball, you know, when it's in play, everything changed his footwork. That is so brave. And he had so much humility and desire to improve and help his team that he did it without complaining, not once. And look at him now. It's just a wonderful story. Yeah. And he's just such, he's good people. You know, he's a good family man. And it's been a lot of fun to watch. And we had David Forst on. That's one of the things with A's Cast Live. Each week we'll have the Bob Melvin show here. We'll have the David Forst show here. Then we'll put it on A's Cast. That's our streaming 24-7, but not live. But we'll have them live every single week. And one of the things we asked was about Matt Chapman and a potential contract extension because we've seen so many contract extensions around baseball. And he admitted that he has talked to Boris. He admitted that they've talked to Matt Chapman. Do you think this will be a possibility? 
Well, you know, when I first started checking on extensions for Chapman and Olson last year, I was hearing from the, you know, ACE folks that, sure, they would love to. Of course, they would love any sort of extension. First of all, it's probably going to save them a little money in arbitration, but they like to keep them here longer than, you know, than shorter. They think both these guys are potential all-stars and, and, you know, maybe even MVP level players. What I was hearing from agents um, in, in both cases was, you know, the, the winter market has been so strange for guys to come out as free agents. The thinking was we want our guys on the free agent market earlier, younger guys, guys are not getting deals so they don't necessarily want extensions that buy out any years of free agency if you're a team like the a's yeah sure you could you could maybe save yourself some ar- in some arbitration doing an extension uh and it'll be fine a little bit of eyewash but what you really want to do is buy out a year or two of, of free agency so the a's might have to pay a significant amount to do so that's kind of what we're seeing with some of these for young stars um, I'm not sure they're willing to do that. Um, they're really going to have to go above. I'm not sure that's the case anymore because agents are thinking, yeah, you're buying out these couple years of free agency and my guy's going to take a hit and goes out on the free agent market at 33 instead of 31 or, you know, 31 instead of 29. So, uh, it's really this is going to come down to some really serious negotiations. Players who really want to be here and maybe sacrifice some money to do so. And when you're talking about somebody like Scott Boris, that doesn't happen all that often. He is always looking to get the best deal for his guy. But as we're seeing this off season, we're seeing a lot of guys that don't want to go to a free agency right now, and we they rather get the money now. And we have no idea what the CBA is going to look like coming up here. Yeah, and that is the other consideration. You know, what it, there could be, you know, labor stoppage at some point. Um, there are a lot of issues now between the union and Major League Baseball, so uh, there is the threat of that. And I, you know, I, I, I couldn't really handicap it. I know we have not seen many long-term contracts in Oakland for a long time. Certainly, nothing close to, you know, Eric Chavez in a six-year deal. We talked a little bit about. Chris Davis and his extension, but it was through two years. The A's were also going to have him next year. I know he's a free agent after this season. That's where he was going to be. Um, but the A's um, assuredly would have given him a qualifying offer. He would have taken it. You've got to think. So they knew where they were going to have him at least two years. This only adds a year onto that. It's We're not talking six-year deals, which is kind of what you would like to see. All right. Six-year deals. Her books are 100 Things A's Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die and the book that you did with Ken Korak, If These Walls Could Talk. So do we have any book signings coming up here anytime soon for you? Yes, we do. Um, And I'm going to apologize. I don't 100% know the date, but I'm going to say June 25th. Ken Korak and I have a book signing, um, and I will have full information on Twitter. And there's a Facebook page for the book, so look for that. so uh, Ken and I will be, and we're always, you know what? We're always happy to sign books to the Coliseum too. So if people come out to the Coliseum and have a book, just send a tweet my way, and I'll I'll pop down and and I'll get Ken to come come help you out too. Well, you know you're going to be a big part of this new venture. You know that, right? Oh, I, I love it. You know, Tony, my favorite thing is talking to you. Pretty much, I have you on my podcast. You have me on other podcasts. 
It all works out. It's a, it's a beautiful relationship. You have, you have a, are you going to be there tomorrow? I will not. I'm off through the weekend. So, um, yeah, let's uh, take an advantage of this one little break with the last, I think, for, for a while, um, sort of three-team homestand. Nice. All right. Well, uh, yeah. you have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you in Anaheim. Sounds great. Susan Slusser from the San Francisco Chronicle. Yeah, both both books. I mean, obviously the books she did with Ken, If These Walls Could Talk, and then also 100 Things A's Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. I always say they would make great presents. Great presents, whether it's birthday for A's fans, birthdays, Christmas, whatever. A's fan. I, I got both books. Both books are fabulous. You know, the one thing that she talked about there with the labor strife, and I, you know, because everybody was kind of panicking, I would probably say like last year, people really started saying, oh, boy, this may, this may not be good. But in my humble opinion, the fact that so many people signed contract extensions this offseason, and there's going to be more coming up here during the season, next offseason, guys want to get their money before the CBA's up. Well, if everybody's under contract, who's going to want to strike? Who's going to not want to work? If all the main players are inked up, what, got young guys making the minimum? Your voice doesn't matter. Old guys who are not getting paid anymore? You don't matter either. If we lined up, essentially, the big players in Major League Baseball right now, it's all guys under 30. And they're all getting paid. Harper happy? Trout happy? Machado happy? You want to go through all the different contracts? Chris Davis is happy? I mean, you're looking at a lot of the main players this offseason. Bregman, Altuve, whatever team you want to go to, they're, they're, they're all signed. Why would they not want to play? They're about making their money. By the way, a couple news and notes before we're going to get to buying or selling coming up here at the top of the hour. Saw this one. What a wild game last night. If you watched it, it was on the MLB Network. Last night, New York against the L.A. Dodgers. This game was unbelievable. But you probably didn't stick around for it because – Diaz was in. Game over. They're up by three runs. Do we have the highlights, Commander Cody? All right, so we got to take you through this game. And it's and it's a great example of why you never want to leave a game early. I mean, the A's game yesterday, even though it didn't work out for the A's, look at the way the A's came back. But you never want to leave a game early. Why? Because... I understand you're like, oh, you got school in the morning. Oh, you got all got work. But you never know what you're going to see. So let me take you through this game last night that was just because I watched the ending of it. I'm a baseball dork. I'm sitting there watching the MLB Network. I'll, uh, I will admit it. That's why when everybody goes, hey, do you watch this on Netflix? Uh, yeah, no, not really. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll binge watch a series on Netflix. I will not follow one live. All right, so here you go. Looking at last night's game, 
They've got a five, they've got an eight to five lead going into the game, going into the bottom of the ninth inning. Diaz, the guy that they, you know, terrific closer. He's been one of the best like the last two years. Big trade with the Seattle Mariners. He comes in blowing smoke. But the first batter of the inning against Diaz with a score eight to five is Jock Peterson. The three two is a fly ball. In the right center field, well hit on its way and gone. A home run for Jock Peterson. His 16th home run of the year. And the Dodgers edge a little bit closer. Okay, so you're thinking, all right. All right, you got one. You still got Edwin Diaz out on the mound. But then the next batter is our old buddy, Max Muncy. Diaz got ahead in the count on Peterson. He worked back into the count and hit the home run. And this one's drilled to right. Way back and gone. Back-to-back home runs. First Peterson, now Muncie, and now it's a one-run game. These highlights courtesy of Charlie Steiner, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and it's Time Warner, I believe. Okay, so now you've got no outs. So what happens next here? So my, Okay, so then now Turner would hit. Do we have Turner? So we don't have Turner. So Turner would hit a rip a ball down the left field line, the red beard. So he would double. So you had home run, home run, double, nobody out. This is Edwin Diaz. Sorry to be the best closer in the game. Home run, home run, doubled. And then here comes my new man crush, Cody Bellinger. On one and two. Line drive, right center field for a base hit. Turner rounding third, and he will score. Bellinger's at second base, and the Dodgers are back from the dead. They have tied it at crazy eights. You talk about shell-shocked. You had a three-run lead. Home run, home run, double, double. Bellinger just laced that into right center. And then they still wouldn't get an out. You'd get an infield single by Beattie. Beattie, the single. You're not playing it? Play it. And a ground ball slowly hit to short. Rosario steps on the back. Safe! Too late! Yeah, Rosario, like, got his, his the shortstop for the Mets got his spikes caught up because Diaz couldn't field it. And still there's nobody out. There's nobody out. They would intentionally walk Seeger, and then this would happen. Two balls, two strikes, a pitch of Verdugo. Fly ball, left field. That's going to be plenty deep enough for Bellinger to tag and score the game-winning run. The Dodgers with four in the bottom half of the ninth come from behind and beat the Mets 9-8. to eight. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. That's why you don't leave the game early. Eight to five going into the bottom of the ninth. Peterson home run, Muncie home run, Turner double, Bellinger double, all tied. Seeger intentionally walked. Beattie reached on an infield single, and then Verdugo with the sack fly, and they're going home from Dodger Stadium with a walk-off nine to eight victory. That, my friends, is why you never leave the game early because you never know. And Bellinger, there's nothing this kid can't do. And it's hard to believe 
that you could have. There's so many great players in baseball, but my God, those having Trout and Bellinger in Southern California, these two guys are young, and oh my God, they're talented. And at some point, Bellinger's going to have to get paid. They're going to have to give him a big extension, and he's going to deserve it. We got buying or selling next right here on A's Cast Live. Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballparkapp. Who doesn't love a good happy hour? The Cornerstone gives your group a unique happy hour experience. The area treats up to 40 to 50 guests with a package that includes food and beverage along with an intimate pregame experience. Plus, the experience comes with an awesome seating option that we can build to fit your needs. To learn more about the Cornerstone and other unique group experiences, visit athletics.com groups. Athletics.com groups. Don't miss any of the action this year at the ballpark. From giveaways to fireworks, there's always a reason to come out to the yard. On Friday, May 31st, the first place Astros come to town for three games. Game one of the series will have first pitch at 7.07 p.m. The night will feature Greek Heritage Night. Celebrate all things Greek at this annual event as each special ticket will include an exclusive Euroball t-shirt. Game two on Saturday, June 1st will feature Pride Night. All fans in attendance for Pride Night will receive an Oakland A's Pride Night Fanny Pack. First pitch for this game will be at 7.07 p.m. The final game of the Astros series is on Sunday, June 2nd, as the A's and Strohs will kick off the ball game at 1.07 p.m. The afternoon includes Scout Day. This special day is open to all boy and girl scout troops and includes a pregame parade on the field and an exclusive Scout Day patch. For more information about all upcoming events at the ballpark, visit athletics.com slash promotions. That's athletics.com slash promotions. Playing in Hero Town? It's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Day. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com slash premium today. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. One line and miss, and Mike Fires has thrown his second no-hitter. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Goal! Tony Bellinger hits one out. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Oh, yeah, A's Cast Live. If you'd like to weigh in on this show, you can text us at 510-897-1322. That's 510-897-1322. You can always throw some stuff at us on Twitter, at AthleticsCast24. 
and follow Ace Cast. Or you can throw stuff to me too at Townsend Radio. Are we ready for a little buying or selling? Are we ready? It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on Ace Cast Live where we bring in Commander Cody to be a part of the program. By the way, tomorrow I'll have my first guest host. Coco Chris will join me. I believe around 4.30 Coco is going to come by and sit down with you. So perfect to talk to Josh Reddick. Yeah, when's Reddick coming by? 4.45 tomorrow. Sweet. I haven't talked to Reddick in a while. He was always one of my favorites. All right, what do we got? All right, Tony. First, buying or selling Tim Anderson, Derek Dietrich, Willie Adamas, and Mark Hanna are bad for baseball because of bat flipping. What, are you trying to make me sound like the old guard? I'm, I'm just trying to get a guy that's, um, as we put it earlier, as middle-aged men in a room talking baseball. Two middle-aged men in a very small room together talking baseball. I'm going to sell that. I don't think bat flipping is bad for baseball. I think it's entertaining as heck. But I will say this. There's got to be two sides of it, though. For example, if a pitcher strikes you out and he does whatever his version of a bat flip is, like Dennis Eckersley was pointing at you, you got to wear that. Completely agree. Right? Because you can't, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. You can't be like, I could bat flip and show you up. And just say, oh, it's entertainment. But then if a pitcher strikes you out, he points at you or does whatever, he's got a strikeout dance, would, would be kind of ridiculous. But let's just say that happens. You then cannot get mad. If you're going to do it, you got to have you got to have thick skin. You have to allow someone to do it to you. And I also do think this. Not everybody's going to love it. And if you want to do big bat flips, just know you could be wearing one in the ribs. I, I think that bat flipping is great for baseball, and I think that if you're going to, like you, as you put it, pitchers should be able to celebrate too. I think I'd love to see a pitcher go out there with a celebration dance after striking someone out. You had Brian, uh, Brian Wilson had his celebration, Romo had his, Belfour had the rage. Like you had all kinds of uh, different celebrations. I want to see more excitement in baseball, and we're trying to cater towards the millennial audience. And I think this is a one way to do it, where you're showing that guys like Tim Anderson have excitement when they're hitting home runs and. Willie Adamas flipping the bat halfway across the diamond after he had a walk-off single in the 11th inning versus the, uh, the Blue Jays. So I'm, I'm all for bat flipping, pitching celebrations, everything that can bring more fans to the game and make the game more exciting. It's like in the NFL. Yeah, it's great to see a guy be a hot dog and have Enzo dances and everything. But just remember, there's going to be somebody on defense who now is going to try and take your head off. So you just have to understand, if you're going to do it, not everybody's going to love it. That's the risk you take. If you never bat flip, no one's in, no one's really going to – guys really don't go after people anymore. If you don't bat flip, you're not going to get one of the ribs. If you do bat flip, just know the potential is – right or wrong, the potential is out there. Uh, just don't forget the Pirates, you know, the team I grew up rooting for. Who seemed to throw at everybody. Yeah, they days. throw at everybody. So they literally hit everyone, except for they hit the wrong guy yesterday, not Derek Dietrich. They hit Ingenio uh, Suarez. So they hit the wrong guy, but the Pirates are notorious for hitting people. But, yeah, 
You're going to see. And by the way, going back and watching that, that was not intentional. No, just like the Tim Anderson where he got hit in the head with an 86-mile-hour changeup. That was not intentional, but I get the bad blood there. Can you remind me of that tomorrow? Because that really fried me last watching that highlight last night where a pitcher gets thrown out for hitting Anderson on the bill of his helmet with a changeup. No one hits anybody with a changeup. It's just how ultra-sensitive the game has gotten. And because there's been altercations before, but if you get if you hit a guy with a changeup, you get thrown out of a game. That's a travesty. All right, now this one made me think of this. This is a little different. We're gonna go. It's gonna be baseball, but we're tying into another sport here. Buying or selling Major League Baseball will have a team in London before the National Football League. I bring this up because the Yankees and Red Sox are playing there this year at the end of June. The Cubs and Cardinals are set to play there next season. The NFL has been playing in London since 2007 when I believe the Dolphins played. I, I It's escapes me who they beat, but they beat someone. So the Dolphins are the first team 12 years ago. Buying or selling, Major League Baseball will have a team in London before the NFL. Selling that big time. They have, they've actually been playing in London before that with exhibition games. I, I, I've, I've experienced it. When the Raiders played the Seahawks, I if you don't know, I do the sidelines for the Raiders radio. They set the record for most people ever at Wembley Stadium for a football game. It was like 87,000 people were there. They love the NFL. I don't care what people say. Oh, they don't care. It's all about soccer. Their version of football. Man, there were so many jerseys. Every team was represented. There were fans coming from everywhere. Raiders, we're going back to London to take on the Chicago Bears. I'm telling you right now, the NFL will work in London. And you know what? If I was like a quarterback, I would love to be the first starting quarterback there because the endorsement money, like the soccer players make, you could get endorsement money from all over Europe. You could absolutely slay it. So you're telling me Nick Foles is going to get a lot of money when the Jaguars move over to London? The Jaguars. That actually makes sense to have them over that. It's a perfect endorsement deal. All yeah, right. but their owner did some uh, scandalous stuff over there. It was happening while we were there. I can't remember. I have to look it up. I, I don't think the Jags are going to be welcome now. Well, if that happened, then probably not. All right, moving on. Buying or selling, your guy, your new man crush, Cody Bellinger, will have the best season in the history of Major League Baseball. That's hard to quantify. What well, we- I bring it up because we're more of a third of the way through the season, and the third-year outfielder has a 5.4 war. In 55 games, he's on track to have a six, how about I'll have a war of about 16.0. The single-season record is 14.1 by none other than George Herman Ruth. Buying or selling, Cody Bellinger will have the greatest season in terms of war. In terms of war. In the history of baseball. Oh, I'm selling. He will slow down. I mean, 14? Trout's never been able to do that. You just face too many relievers. You just face too many different guys. I don't think anybody ever sniffs 14.1. That's unreal. I agree. If if Mike Trout's not going to get there, I don't think – I mean, Cody Bellinger's having a great season. His arm is spectacular in in right field, and I think that's buying into a lot of it. His defensive run saves are – is really helping his war. But I I agree with you. If you can't – if Mike Trout's not doing it, I don't think anyone will. All right. So we got to move along. Buying or selling, Mets rookie Pete Alonzo is the second coming of Mark McGuire. He tied – he had two home runs last night versus the Dodgers. It was his third multi-homer game of the year, and that also gave him 19 on the season. That's tied for, with Mark McGuire for the most home runs by a rookie heading into June 1st. 
I've never looked up how big he is. Let me look that up to say he's the next Mark because McGuire was a monster. Even though he wasn't a monster as a rookie, but he was still tall. What was he? Six four, six five. Yeah, remember he was lean when he got when he first debuted with the A's. Yeah, but well, he's six two two twenty five, so it's two different builds. But you're talking just as a premier power hitter. As a power hitter, yeah, and tying it into him tying his record because yeah. he's he's only seven away from tying Daryl Strawberry's Mets record, which he said I think rookie record, rookie record, yeah. Nineteen eighty three, Strawberry hit twenty six. I'm gonna sell that. Um, I think we can find a different. You know, because right now, Austin Riley was killing it right now for the Atlanta Braves. 14 games. He has seven home runs. No one's ever hit seven home runs in 14 games. Trevor Story hit eight, but he had multiple home run games during that. He's hit a home run in seven games. He's hit a home run in seven different games, and he's played in 14. So 50% of the games Austin Riley has played in, he's hit a home run. No one's ever done that before. None of them have been games where he's had multi-homers in a game either. So this guy's just going to keep getting better. And the Braves Comparing are, him to Troy Gloss. Yeah, the, the Braves are spoiled with third baseman down there. You have, you have him, you have Donaldson down there playing, and you also had Chipper Jones for all this year. So they've been spoiled with a lot. Uh, we're actually going to skip the last one because we only got a minute left, but it was – it's tying along the lines of buying or selling Carlos Correa's story about how he fractured his rib, which is from getting a massage at his home. Are you going all Jeff Ken on me that he he wasn't washing his car? He was actually doing a wheelie? I fell off my truck as I was washing it. I broke my arm. <laughs> no, Kent. They saw you doing a wheelie on your motorcycle, and you fell off the motorcycle. He said, I sustained the, the rib fracture during a massage at my home on Tuesday. To sustain an injury in such an unusual way makes it even more frustrating. However, I will work to get back on the field as quickly as possible to help our team achieve our goal of winning another championship. What if he had someone, like, standing on his back or something like that? One of those massages. I, I can only imagine what he was doing down in Houston. Because I read uh, Astro Ball about how how the Astros found him and his workout regimen and what his dad put him through was incredible. But, yeah, I don't buy the story. There's a book called Astro Ball. Yeah, ben, uh, by uh, Ben Ryder. It's it's a really good book. It's pretty much copycatting what happened with Moneyball. So, but it's it's really it talks about the 2017 Astros and the biggest thing is just know that Justin Verlander was the big big part of the book because they got him at the waiver trade deadline in 2017. All right, that's gonna do it for Ace Cast Live with Chris Townsend. I gotta go host a, a, a gala. We will be back tomorrow. Coco will be my co-host. Josh Reddick is going to join the program at 4:45. Who else, Cody? Uh, Steve Sparks and Jeff Blum will be on on set with us, too. Nice. That's all happening tomorrow, 4 o'clock from the field. That'll do it for A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. Have a great night, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.